We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. up roto grinders it's the ownership report rotogrinders.com for week 17 national football league my name is chris Trimino, projected ownership analyst and joining me to go over all of the action for dfs purposes from a player popularity standpoint is dan gasper back from his two-week uh vacation mr tuttle 05 tuttle what's going on here uh, 14 games this week it's going to be a little bit of a different situation than we've seen recently are you ready to dive into what looks to be a pretty tough slate yeah, I am. Um, and it's good to be back. It's been, I feel like I've been missing out. This show helps me even just talk through things and prepare myself. So nice to be back. Um, and like you said, hopefully we can dissect some things. It's, it's a little bit tougher of a slate with, with it being 14 games, but I think it, it, it looks like a fun one to me. 
Yeah, it certainly does. And we, you know, we've got just a very slight few mispricings on DraftKings, really not a ton on FanDuel that, that I would say are just like, okay, well, this is just going to be an easy build. Like last week, I think pretty much everyone knew where, where they were going. Uh, this week, I think that you've got a lot of decisions to make, especially in tournaments. And that's what we're going to talk about here is all of the most popular plays at first for tournament purposes. And then we're going to circle back and talk about some lower owned options that might be able uh, to get you someplace in some of these bigger uh, field tournaments. But right now, Tuttle, we got to talk about Trey Lance, who's going to very likely be the starter here for San Francisco. And he's priced at 4.8 on DraftKings uh, against the Houston Texans. I, I don't really know what to say here if he's not close to 20% owned, I'd be pretty surprised. And it's just because the salary savings just aren't there elsewhere at other positions. Yeah. Um, I mean, you analyzed it correctly. It's, it's always hard. Like people are, besides the fact that there's not a ton of value elsewhere this week, people love playing the low price quarterback options when they're actually legitimate options. Uh, and it feels like it's been forever since we've, we've had a, a decent low priced option that we can play. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about playing Lance this week. Um, I do think, you know, quarterback ownership, I typically don't worry a whole lot about, um, once we're creeping up to 20% though, it's, it's kind of uncharted waters, especially on a 14 game slate. Uh, so I certainly think there would be reason enough or won't his high projected ownership is probably reason enough to fade him. But at the same time, I also don't think lineups are going to be too concentrated with him in it because I don't think people are going to go out of their way to, to stack him necessarily. So you can get so many different combinations with Lance that I'm, you know, so on one hand, I'm like, that's really chalky for a quarterback. But on the other hand, I think there are so many ways you can still construct your trade Lance lineups to get different that if you like him as a play, just play him. Of course, there are 28 teams on the slate, one in 28 teams is not the same as one in five ownership. So my concern is that maybe it's a little bit aggressive to project them for 20% ownership, but you know, but then you factor in that there's guys, you know, there's teams playing two quarterbacks. I mean, God, I don't even get me started there. It like just sends me on just like wild tilt to hear that the giants might play two quarterbacks. I don't, I, I hope, you know, I'm just going to stop myself right now or else I'm going to start screaming. But at the end of the day, you know, there are a lot of options on this slate and Trey Lance being 20% is very aggressive. It could be merited in terms of the salary savings, but just don't be surprised if, uh, you know, if maybe I'm a little bit hot here. I'm going to consider carefully whether or not this needs to get tamped down under the 20% mark just because of all the options available, especially since some of them are pretty good, like Josh Allen against the Falcons. Give me the best Josh Allen take you have. Are you going to be able to try to find the money to get there? So my best Josh Allen take is actually more on FanDuel. Um, where obviously things are a little bit easier to, to jam in on FanDuel, which is, you know, why we're seeing him projected for better ownership or higher ownership there. But my take here is if Trey Lance is the chalk on FanDuel, just jam all the Josh Allen you can, right? Like, the, again, that's the side that's a lot more forgiving salary-wise. Salary and Allen is in such a good spot. Uh, he's been dominating, really excellent matchup. They're just going to continue to throw the ball an absolute ton. Um, so like ownership wise, yes, I think he makes sense to, to try to get to on DraftKings as well, but it's much harder to do and you can still pretty much get the same ownership discount or so, similar to the same ownership discount on, on FanDuel, where you can still make better lineups with him jammed in there. Uh, so I think if you, if you have a, a strong Allen take, just go to, go to FanDuel.com, lock them in and, and go from there. I do think you'll probably be able to get to Josh Allen a little bit easier on FanDuel, even though the, you know, the pricing's still extremely up there on the player. I would say though, the stacking partners this week are going to be potentially pretty cheap here because if you're not going to get 
Stefan Diggs in the lineup, or even if you are, you can still get another another uh, cheap option, uh, possibly in Gabriel Davis if Emmanuel Sanders is ruled out. And certainly Cole Beasley is not too expensive. And, you know, you, you you almost hate to single stack a guy like Allen who could go for like 40, 40 DraftKings points and ne- necessitate, unless he's rushing for two or three touchdowns, at least two of his other pass catchers going off. So good situation for Allen overall. Got to like him in tournaments regardless, especially since there's so many options, the ownership's going to be under control. Now, speaking of that, I only have a couple of other guys over 5% owned right now. Uh, Dak Prescott, 6.7 on DraftKings against Arizona. Jalen Hurts, 6.6 against a Washington football team. Uh, Tyler Hundley, 5.6 uh, against the Rams. That you know, Honestly, you could make a case that he's not going to be that highly owned. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at 6% owned and Tom Brady at 5% owned. Uh, tell, tell me who, forget the guys I just said, tell me who else should be in this conversation of anywhere remotely close to chalk because I don't really think they actually exist. Joe Burrow. Mm, maybe because of the big game last week, but yeah. you know the matchup uh, is, is surprisingly tough. The Chiefs were previously considered a pushover early in the season, not so much anymore. Uh, maybe Burrow gets up there, but again, I don't, I don't see him getting above like 6% owned. I don't, I don't know if you have a different take on that. Yeah, I, I think uh, recency bias and then matchup as well. Um, there are a couple of really clear game stacks on the slate, Dallas, um, Arizona, and then Kansas uh, City and Cincinnati being the other one. So I, I think just because people are will be focusing in on those games specifically, you'll see Burroughs' ownership right up. And he's, he's always a guy. Like, he's not sneaky any week. Um, yeah, I think Burrow will get probably, I don't know, six to ten percent range you know maybe stafford 7.1 but i again i don't even know if you really want to double stack and like use stafford as your stack he had a pretty bad week last week plus you know if you want cooper cup you're you're paying through the nose at this point in time and it's clear it's pretty much cup and nobody else there in that passing game or at least it's a lot harder to get there with two guys uh ravens are certainly are giving up on the in the air so maybe, maybe stafford's a guy that could get up there but okay what's something sub, at the other star quarterbacks uh Mahomes or tom brady either one of those do anything for you uh, I'd be more on Mahomes before Brady. Uh, I think, I mean, it's a spot where Brady's just not going to have to do anything, right? Like, kind of similar to last week. Um, he doesn't have as many of his weapons available. And then we saw him take a much more conservative approach. He only threw the ball 30 times last week. I think it's probably fairly similar to what we'll see this week. Um, there's just no reason to to force him when you don't have the same weapons as you've had throughout the season. So, I, I'd rather. This sounds crazy, but I, I like I like chalk Ronald Jones more than I like a, a lowish owned Brady, which is I I should I should get kicked off the show for saying that honestly. Well, you're not you're not scared of Keyshawn Vaughn after that big run last week, or like I mean, I'm God. I mean, I I get it with Ronald Jones here. You're probably gonna have a big game, but I don't know for some something like alarm bells go off anytime I start to like Ronald Jones. Uh, he, yeah. he did well enough last week, so maybe you know we'll talk about that at running back position, though. So the running quarterbacks, uh, Jalen Hurts, Tyler Huntley, Taysom Hill. One of these guys, it, it's probably unlikely that all three of these guys just have complete bust games. So which one of these guys are you preferring if you're trying to take somebody towards the higher end of ownership that has high upside? Yeah, it's Hurts uh, for me. I mean, we, we kind of saw – what the, the Cowboys did to, to Washington last week. Washington's kind of in shambles right now. Um, I think the biggest issue with Hurts is you always worry about him 
Like I, I would not be, be surprised if they got into a big lead, big time lead. And then if he's on the wrong end of touchdown variance, there's just not much of a floor there. Uh, but the, st- the ceiling's still there. Uh, if he is on the right side of touchdown variance, if he gets those rushing touchdowns, um, like we saw two weeks ago, last week was brutal. Um, but two weeks ago, he's on the right side of that variance. Uh, so he, he's like, the, the floor is not really there um, because there's probably not going to be a whole lot of passing going on, even though it's a good matchup for it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hertz would be the guy I like. I, Huntley, I'm not, I'm not sold on Huntley. We, we saw it obviously uh, against the Packers. We saw his upside there. Uh, 73 rushing yards, two touchdowns in that game, just absolutely dominated. I'm not sold. Uh, he's, he, he can repeat that. Um, he's obviously got the legs to do it. It's not a good matchup. Um, and the other, the other problem for me with Huntley here is if you're using him in tournaments, you kind of have to do it. I mean, you don't have to, but he's going to be so popular with Mark Andrews that I would say the, the more unique way to get exposure to him would be through like a, a sick Marquise Brown, who we don't know if is, is going to play. Uh, which isn't the most fun thing in the world, but I, I think that's probably the way I would do it because I think Mark Andrews and is like Huntley teams are almost going to come auto loaded with Mark Andrews. Um, so if you're trying to get different in tournaments, then you got to do, you, you have to get pretty ugly. I think. Try not to be too impressed, but I'm in the Scott Fishbowl championship this week. And then I got to roll with Tyler Huntley uh, because Kirk Cousins is out uh, with COVID. So uh, wish, wish me luck there. It's, it's not the most beautiful matchup in the world, but I uh, certainly take him over nothing. But let, okay, let's get into, uh, you know, Taysom Hill here for a second, because Carolina is a fairly tough defense, so at least they have been for the majority of the season. Uh, however, they're going to be rolling out, like, you know, Sam Darnold and against a really a, a Saints defense that's played exceptionally well at times this season. Uh, I'm concerned for the Carolina offense in this spot. I'm concerned for the pace of play in this game, and it could necessar- necessarily mean that the Saints are on offense a lot if Carolina can't get it going. Um, and that would lead to a lot of opportunities, especially rushing the ball for Taysom. Do you think that there's any way that he can outscore, you know, at least players in his price range at quarterback, if not the field? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I'm not a huge take. Like, he sucked out pretty bad. The the first the two games that he hit, I'm trying to go back in, in logs here and see what which they were. But both those games, um, one was against the Jets, I know for sure. And then the other against Dallas, two weeks in a row, just late fourth quarter. Like I understand fourth quarter points, they count, they count towards fantasy. Um, but man, the floor is so low if, if he doesn't suck out in, in either of those games. Um, and the Jets obviously was a tremendous matchup. Can he outscore other guys in the same price range? Yes, uh, but I have the same concerns as you do. Kind of just a gross game overall in terms of pace of play. Um, limited opportunities because of that is, is the likeliest scenario. Uh, so yes, he can. I'm not going to argue against him being a decent option because hey, he's shown that 27 point DraftKings plus upside before at that price tag. Even though a lot of the production was in the fourth quarter, like it's tough to get that on so, at some of these quarterback spots. So like I understand playing him in tournaments. I'm not going to have any of him, but I don't think he's a terrible play. Yeah, sh- shout out to by the way, before we move on to the most pop- most popular running backs. Look, look at all these terrible quarterbacks who are going to play this week. So Dalton, you, you might see Cam Newton strut out there for a couple of plays. I'm not sure yet. Uh, you know, certainly Sam Darnold's not very good. Mike Lennon, Tim Boyle, Sean Mannion is going to play this week. Uh, and and for now, I think we can include Trevor Lawrence in this until he improves. Uh, you know, <laughs> to a, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Sam, Sam Ellinger might be starting for the Colts. Uh, you can't play any of these guys, right? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the actually good low-end plays later, but I mean, these guys are all off the table, right? Um, 
I don't think you mentioned Derek Carr. Uh, does he? <laughs> does he? Does he equate to the? To the he actually played level? pretty. No, he's played pretty well. I mean, he's not. He's nowhere near those guys. That's for sure. Yeah. No. I, so I think there are a couple guys playable here, um, whose names you didn't mention, but I, I think would probably fall under the same category. Um, Russell Russell Wilson being the other one. Russell Wilson's like a I hate myself. I want pain upon my body type of play, but the price tag on DraftKings, man, uh, especially when you can like his the, the cost of his sack too, um, with Lockett and, and Metcalf coming in around six two and six four. That's the one that stands out to me is like I know this is a terrible play um, probability wise, and I know pace is going to be terrible, but throw a little narrative into it, right? Like, hey, it could be Russell Wilson's last game as a Seahawk. Maybe, maybe they let him cook. Let Russ cook mm. one last week against the Lions. Come on, make it happen. It, it doesn't seem like the ceiling is unlimited, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we're going to be able. They're, they're going to they're going to grind a shot Penny into the ground again. I'm sure, but oh look. I'm not saying Russ can't happen here. I mean, certainly these uh, these wideouts can have humongous games, but they don't tend to go off together. Like, how are you going to build this team? I'm out. I'm not doing it. Okay, let's get into the running back <laughs> position. But before before we do, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. Uh, that's where you can uh, basically build a daily fantasy team, but with player props. So it's, it's a contest that you can enter over there on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, you're taking overs and unders on basically only like the best players. No, there's no garbage guys all those quarterbacks i listed they're not going to be there you want to pick you know 10 of the best 20 guys that are going to be available on thrive fantasy in these contests and try to get the the highest score of course there's going to be prizes if you are able to do so just like a regular gpp um what you're going to want to do is go over to thrivefantasy.com you're going to want to use the promo code grinders when you sign up and you receive 100 instant first match deposit bonus up to 250 bucks plus a bunch of contest tickets if you deposit uh you know i guess what $10 deposit only, you get two free $20 tickets. That doesn't make any sense. Go ahead and take advantage of that. Uh, if you want uh, four free tickets, you can do 100 to 499. And if you want six free tickets, you can deposit 500 bucks. Uh, go download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Tuttle, what's the prop on David Montgomery's touches this week? Because this guy is almost for sure going to get the full load from the Bears backfield, or at least the majority of it. And I expect that this dude against the Giants is going to be able to produce something. Are you interested in playing him as chalk in daily fantasy tournaments? Why don't they like Khalil Herbert? I, th- I thought he did enough. I thought he did enough to be de- like, to, to, to get some workload. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, Montgomery, um, not only running back touches or carries, like the target shares there for him too, close to 20% or so. Um <clears throat> I think he's a good play. I'm not going to argue against playing him. Um, Like it feels weird saying chalk David Montgomery is fine. It probably is fine. Um, But it's also a spot where you could fairly easily get away from in tournaments. Like I think, I think he's an excellent play. I think he's a good cash game play, strong overall option. Um, But I'm, I'm completely fine if you want to fade him for ownership reasons. I mean, there's, you know, there's for sure going to be a lot of different ways that you can pivot at the running back position this week. Not, a, not all of them are nearly as sturdy from a floor perspective, but David Montgomery has both the floor and the ceiling. And I think that he's going to be on the short list for tournaments, regardless of that ownership, which I, I can't see it getting above this 25% mark, you know, 23% mark where it is right now. That just seems like a lot. I think it'd be popular on FanDuel and probably Yahoo as well. Uh, Ronald Jones, you mentioned him earlier. 
6.3 on DraftKings. Uh, what is he? 7K on FanDuel. I expect them to be popular across the board against the Jets. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a real thing. I don't think he's going to be able to steal enough to really curb his upside, but let's discuss that for a second. Are you afraid of Ronald Jones? Uh, it's knowing what we know about the Buccaneers and their general structure. Yeah, no, I'm not like, I think there's serious downside there. He's not a pass catching back. He's not going to play on third downs. Um, so like any other matchup where they weren't projected as 14 point favorites or whatever they are now, um, that would be a lot more scary or like a matchup where they were going to be forced to throw the ball. Don't think that's going to be the case now. Um, we mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn a couple times. He's going to have some somewhat of a share, uh, but still he handled seven t- uh, seven carries compared to Ronald Jones' 21 last week. Like Ronald Jones, Jones is the guy. Um, it was unfortunate <laughs> to see that uh, Keyshawn Vaughn got the long touchdown and it wasn't Ronald Jones. But again, that's just kind of touchdown variance. Um, again, similar. He, he's a fairly similar play to Montgomery to me. Um not nearly as high of a floor as Montgomery because of the, the pass catching isn't work. Isn't quite there. Um, he, he did catch passes last week, just not going to play third down. Um, so fairly similar play where like, I think he's a good play. I think the, the reasons for playing him are strong. I think he's a good cash game option, but at this ownership completely fine fading in, in tournaments. If you want to take that stance. What if I told you the chalk on a week 17 Sunday was going to be late round, late mid round draft pick Ronald Jones, late 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 round draft pick Sonny Michelle, you know fourth rounder David Montgomery and and John and Devin Singletary I think is going to be pretty popular because of the matchup with Atlanta and he's also a very late draft pick. I mean these these are the real chalk, right? I mean this is this is not off base here. I mean all these guys are going to get played pretty significantly. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, they all have serious, like the, the, based on what we know from these players and the players caliber of talent, they all have serious warts or enough warts where if you think they're going to be heavily owned, feel free. That, and that's why, like, I feel like I've said this way more often than I typically do. Like I'm fine fading the chalk in this, in this instance, I, I typically like there's one or two players that like, I'm like, yeah, you just play, you just play. But at these, this running back position, if this chalk is concentrating around these guys who again are good overall options, but we, we kind of know their past and their history, just go elsewhere in tournaments for sure. Michelle is almost a lock to play like just a huge yeah. number of snaps in this game. I mean, they're not going to get Jake Funk out there for too long. Certainly not going to play Cam Akers. Uh, looks like he's going to be inactive anyway. And uh, then, you know, you, you got nothing else there. So it's basically all Michelle. Um, quite frankly, I just rather play Cooper cup. At this point in time, yeah. I mean, he's he's a lock. I mean, you do want to talk about a lock. I mean, th- this guy is just automatic. And Sonny Michelle uh, could get it done in lockstep with uh, Cooper Cup, but I would say that it's, it's it's asking kind of a lot to win a daily fantasy tournament, especially that like a mega field tournament with both of those guys. So uh, I'm I'm really going to probably pick one or the other and looking looking like it's going to be more Cup for me. Um, Devin Singletary, can you get excited about it? That, that's a simple question. We know he's going to play enough to have a chance can you get excited about it against Atlanta I cannot but I'm jaded you should you should be able to get excited about this I'm like the recent usage is just outstanding um like the the, the, the touches are unrivaled like excellent offense he's going to get opportunities even if it's a pass heavy team we expect them to score a lot of points which will get him in good positions 
I've just been burned way too much in the past. I, I, I do think this is different from what we've seen in the past, but I have been burned so much in the past by Buffalo running backs thinking that one of their jobs are secure or their role secure and then them just randomly changing it. I think this is different. Like I said, this is, you know, multiple weeks of, of Singletary being the guy. Um, and typically in the past, it's just been like maybe a one week flash in the pan where, where one of the running backs gets, gets heavier carries and then they switch it up. Uh, but I'm so scarred from that in the past that looking at Singletary is, is a chalky option when I know they, they have and will pretty seamlessly just remove and then replace them with a different running back. It does scare me a little bit. Because of the ownership, I think really where I'm going to, I'm going to try to veer away from this. I think, I think Zach Moss's current status with the team isn't someone who they're like, oh, well, this guy just can't play. I think they, they, they just use their running back situationally, game to game, strategy to strategy. And I think this could actually be a situation where they might dial up a few extra Moss plays than usual. It's no guarantee. It's no, not something that I feel strongly about. It's just something where I've got other options. And I think I'll try to go in those directions if I absolutely can. Jonathan Taylor is one of those directions. Of course, not the same salary range, but I can't even believe we're mentioning him fifth in this particular situation. He's the best play, right? I mean, just yeah. play him if you can, and God, fist pump if you do. I mean, because he's he's going to score two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, well, you kind of you kind of talked about it on this slate specifically. It, it's are you playing Cooper Cup or are you playing Jonathan Taylor? Um, and I think a lot of lineup construction approaches are playing Cooper Cup over Jonathan Taylor which is why you're seeing a little bit lower of an uh, um, ownership projection on him than we typically see. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, there, there's the, the only argument against him is if Wentz can't suit up and then it's just like, Hey, stack the box all game long with no repercussions. Um, so you, you will want to know who's playing quarterback for, for the Colts before you make a decision on your stance on Taylor in tournaments. But uh, if Wentz is under center uh, and Taylor's going to be under 20% owned, I, I like that. All right. Yeah, no question. Don't want to over talk about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, obvious, obvious, obvious play if you can afford it. Okay. Some guys that we might want to talk about. So looks like coming down the wire, Clyde Edwards Hillary are not going to play. So you got Darrell Williams uh, tagged by Noto here, looking like he's on that train a little bit here in week number 17, uh, facing the Bengals. Uh, are, you, are you afraid of Derek Gore? I mean, otherwise it seems like Darrell Williams is going to be at least a fairly decent option at 5.8. Can, can you get on some Daryl Williams? Yeah, I mean, you, weird to think that you kind of have to be afraid at least a little bit of Derek Gore. Um, not in the passing game, which is what we love on DraftKings and why I think he's an excellent play there for sure. Uh, but he's really cheap on FanDuel too. So, he, I mean, he's, he's a good play across the board with CEH. I think just now declared out for sure. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think Gore's going to have a healthy – amount of touches himself as, as a ball carrier. Um, but if the, if the game takes a more pass heavy approach for the, for the chiefs, then Williams is the guy you want for sure. DeAndre Swift's a guy we would almost for sure want if we knew that he was the lead dog going to get all the touches uh, from what I've been reading this week. It looks like the coach is looking to try to put him in a position where he's going to play a lot this week and possibly not play at all next week. And that, could mean a more workhorse type role that we saw earlier in the season for DeAndre Swift and therefore uh, not, not such a bad option in a game where they're going to be strutting out Tim Boyle. I mean, you have to imagine they're going to try to go uh, with, they're going to put the run the damn ball hat on, right? Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, if you have a good read um, on the workload, 
go for it, right? Because, th- I mean, this is a spot where uh, pre-injury when he was, I forget what exactly what the split is, but probably pretty close to 70-30 in terms of backfield touches. Like, if you think that's going to happen again, uh, or if that was being projected, this guy would be be popping as, you know, 20-plus percent owned. Like, would you rather play DeAndre Swift or Sony Michelle? <laughs> Oh, or Ronald Jones. Like if you think about it from kind of that perspective, it's, it's pretty swift pretty easily. The only concerns are the workload concerns. Um, and I mean, the efficiency concerns of the offense as well, um, even though the matchup's pretty good. But yeah, Swift, Swift is an excellent play. You know, we don't really have a lot of other guys that I think are like just a stone lock to be popular, right? I mean, we'll, we'll obviously be updating this throughout the next two, uh, you know, the next day or so until a lock to try to get a feel for who the most popular running backs are going to be. But I, I don't know. Eliza Mitchell. I mean, if he's, if he's available, he's six K he'll project fairly well against Houston, but you know, that's not going to be a popular pairing with a popular Trey Lance at quarterback. So that gives me some skepticism that he'll be very, very highly owned. Michael Carter is a New York jet. I mean, he projects fine, but people aren't excited to click on New York jets. That's just the way it goes. Uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, same deal, except for he's a Texan, even though, even though he just went off last week. Like, this is now on the road a, in San Francisco, though. So is it a situation where you think people are going to go after Rex Burkhead again? No. I don't think so. Like, even last week, like, he was so low on last He, he ended up being a good play with because David Johnson got announced out late. Um, I believe Johnson's expected back could be wrong there but it, it, I, I'm pretty sure he is which uh, would would certainly dampen some of Burkhead's appeal um, in, in and of itself I don't think people are chasing Burkhead um, especially if David Johnson's active what about Austin Eckler I mean is there anyone else Jarrett Patterson is going to be probably be the guy for the football team any other popular guys here are we really just looking at a lot of low-owned guys with question marks for the balance of the running back position yeah, I think it's going to be all pretty low owned. Um, we might see people chase Damian Harris, even with Ramondre Stevenson back. Uh, I don't think that's something I would do uh, with, with Stevenson expected back. Um, but I think maybe we see that. Like you mentioned when I when I brought up Seattle's passing attack, like they're just going to jam Penny a few, t- like probably yeah. 20 times. So Penny's maybe somebody I could see getting a little bit up there in ownership. But again, the price tag is not overly appealing. Um, and then Denver has what's going on in Denver? Doesn't Denver? No, no. What we can't do? Can can we do anything in Denver right now? I mean, they're they're got a they got a pretty bad situation with the sickness right. over there. Uh, they're going to both, be... both running backs are questionable, so that's the only reason why I bring it up mm-hmm. is because if one of them gets ruled out, then you're instantly looking at the other one being a pretty good play, especially if it's Javante. Javante's still like stupid, stupid cheap on Fanduel too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but so the interesting thing about that game is if we don't have clarification, um, because that is a late lock game. Uh, so if we don't have clarification on that whole situation, like I think the offense is going to be terrible. They have no receivers. Um, basically, it's Drew Lock at quarterback, but Javante Williams is really good at football. Um, so if Melvin Gordon does get ruled out, um, or even if you just want to take shots that Gordon might be ruled out or limited, I think taking shots on Javante in tournaments makes sense. Yeah, let's, we'll talk about some low-owned guys later. But, I mean, just looking at who the chalk is, Ronald Jones, Sonny Michelle, Montgomery, Singletary, not not guys that you have, a, like, a tremendous amount of trust in. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you certainly do. But other than that, it's just really – it's really kind of a messy situation at running back for me. So that's why this slate gets a little bit tough 
uh, especially for your cash game builds for tournaments. It looks like you're going to have some options down low that could, you know, for once a running back that could actually differentiate you and give you a chance. Let's talk about wide receiver. But before we do, let's talk about the DFS OGs. Uh, that's Head Chopper, Beer Makers fan, and Notorious. Uh, these guys are over having a, a league on FanDuel week to week. And if you want to go kick their asses, go to the Rotor Grinders homepage and sign up and play against them there. Uh, lots of good stuff going on with those tournaments. Be sure to come hang out. Uh, Antonio Brown questionable right now. That's a big deal because if Antonio Brown is unable to play, we are losing basically the most popular wide receiver on the slate at 6,100. Even with Mike Evans back could be expected for over you know, 22% of the targets. That's my take on as far as what his usage can be. As, as much as 30%, I think, is in range for him. And if there's 30% uh, of targets against the Jets available, who are a team that, at least early in the game, I expect the Buccaneers to be passing against, uh, that's going to be good news for Antonio Brown, who got a massive number of targets last week. Can you trust him again if he is healthy and active? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, again, DraftKings versus FanDuel, a little bit different of a discussion. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to say anything bad about FanDuel. Um, but some odd pricing decisions throughout the season. Uh, I mean, just mentioned Javante Williams, still, I think, only 6,100 there. Um, Antonio Brown sees, sees one week of action and is now 8,500. Um, so a little bit more out of the discussion there. Like, probably almost more of a contrarian play on, on FanDuel. He'll still get, grab yeah. ownership there, but not nearly as high owned. Um, what do we even have him on? Yeah, we have him 6% on FanDuel. Yeah, you know, there could be a little higher, but I, I mean, he, like you said he's 8,500. Like, do you want 8,500 and Tony sure. Brown? Or do you want to like just find 1,500 to pay Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or something? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that Brown's not going to be a potentially good play. After all, 15 targets last week. I mean, that's a huge potential. But at the same time, you know, there's definitely plenty of reasons to consider the idea that, uh, that Brown won't get the job done here this week. Uh, in particular, if it's all Ronald Jones getting the touchdowns and then you're stuck with, you know, 19 DraftKings points for 8,500, which sounds great, but, yeah, I, you know, is it uh, you're on FanDuel? What, what are we talking about, uh, you know, less because it's half PPR. So at the end of the day, Antonio Brown's got some risky uh, warts with him, especially since he's questionable uh, with the injury. So we'll have to wait and see what that is. Cooper Cup, let's not talk about it. You play him, right? Yeah, you play Cooper Cup. Um you play him. Uh, I mean, so kind of just being the devil's advocate and I was trying to think of ways he fails. Um, Baltimore's obviously been a, a team that we're trying to attack lately um, because of their secondary issues. And basically the only reason why we think he could, excuse me, I got to sneeze. <laughs> no, come okay. Um, basically the only reason why or way cup fails here is if they treat him like they did Devonte. Uh, two weeks ago where they just double team him the whole game and Devonte was capped in that situation um, does that even matter with him see the and, and that's the thing like he's a different little like he's a little shifty guy uh much much more difficult to to scheme against somebody like cup who i mean he can move everywhere he can run every route um so much more difficult but like that i think that's that's the only thing i could come up with in my head if i was trying to be devil's advocate on how cooper cup fails here and again i want to be clear him failing here is like 20 DraftKings points um, so he, like, he still has an extremely high floor. He's still going to do well, but I, I guess the, the reasoning against him would be if he only gets 20 DraftKings points, he's not going to end up in optimal lineups. Yeah. And I think probably the, the counter to that is he's, he's got to get 20, right. But if, you know, Jonathan Taylor gets 
19, it's not going to be as big a deal. If Jonathan Taylor gets 35, then well, then your your 20 DraftKings points aren't looking so good. Um, Michael Gallup is popping up right now. So this is where it gets tough for me on DraftKings because Cortland Sutton, I mean, he's questionable right now. He's 4,500. They have nothing at wide receiver uh, on, in, on Denver. If he's unable to go, uh, you know, that that's going to eliminate him from contention here at the at the low price wide receiver on DraftKings uh, selection pool. Like really, who who do we have? Braxton Berrios? I mean, what, what are we doing to save money on DraftKings? I mean, that's why I asked Michael Gallup is popping so hard is because like, where else are we going? No, I mean, he does stand out as a pretty good salary play. And so does Berrios, honestly. Like, I, I know it feels weird to say Braxton Berrios is a good play. I, I think he is. <laughs> At 3,700, uh, pretty decent target floor there. Uh, with the situation that's going on, they're going to have to be for it. I mean, they're, they're going to throw the ball. They're not going to run Michael Carter over and over against a, a Tampa Bay defensive front. Um, but you mentioned it. These guys are popping also a large part because of their price tags. Um, there's just not a whole lot of salary elsewhere. Uh, so I don't know. I, I still think they're fine plays. Um, Gallup is kind of creeping up into the territory at 20% owned. If you think he gets up that high where I could see an argument for fading him, um, but I, I think he's a, a pretty good option overall. Yeah, but clearly, you know, get, but you, did you talk about Corlin Sutton here? Like, what do we, what do we, what do we think about playing anyone on the Denver Broncos wide receivers right now? Because uh, they they were they were hard enough to play to begin with. The Chargers are a team you probably wanted to run against to, be, to begin with, and now yeah. we've we've got problems across the team with with illness, and all of a sudden Sutton is you know a former stud who hasn't played like it this year. Now with his old quarterback who actually made him qualify even close to that category of stud throwing him the the rock uh it's 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 tricky it's a tricky situation he's 4500 he's the projection you know so if if he gets a touchdown it's pretty much going to get you there so can you get any interest going for Cortland Sutton I can I mean you start to look uh up who's going to be lined up opposite him um it's quarterback Kendall Hinton, right? He played quarterback last season. Obviously, obviously, actually a wide receiver. Um, Deontay Spencer, Seth Williams. I think Seth Williams can actually ball a little bit, um, but still, the, like, what? I'm actually curious. What do we have projected him, or what's his target share projection? Who's that? Kendall Hinton? No, Cor- Cortland Sutton. Oh, I, we're definitely pretty conservative here, uh, mostly on the actual. Uh, on the actual share of of rushing versus uh, passing this week, let me yeah. pull that up right now, and I'll get back to yeah. you on the Cortland Sutton I mean, uh, share question. But it's not that high. It's not like we're getting him thirty percent of the target share. Uh, it looks like we got twenty two point five. But so th- there's a little bit of room to the upside there, if you ask me. At twenty two point five, still a scary situation with what they, they could get smashed. Yeah, Christian Kirk, he is on the Arizona. Uh, Cardinals, who are just the team that refuses to throw it downfield, a place where he has excelled in the past. Uh, do you think that there's a chance that the Dallas defense could let him get behind for a deep shot? Because, you know, otherwise you're going to be relying on target volume to get there with Christian Kirk, and that's just not that appealing for tournaments. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I like this game a lot, um, and I'm kind of like I think Dallas's defense is good, um, but they do allow allow yards. Um, I think this game has some shootout potential. So I, I like pretty much all pieces from this game, uh, even if they come in a little bit higher on where, where Kirk's at right now. I still think Kirk's a pretty strong play. DJ Moore is in his price range. Uh, the problem is you're 
relying on Sam Darnold to get him the football at this juncture, which is not that appealing. Although we have seen some big games earlier in the season from uh, from DJ Moore. Do you think that this is a situation where we can see lightning trapped in a bottle again against a very tough Saints defense? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I hope, and I think you probably will come a little bit lower on this. I like DJ Moore this week. Um, weird, kind of weird to say. Um, I was hoping he could be my low own pick, but he's, he's not projecting as low ownership, ex- except for on FanDuel, he's projected for pretty low ownership there. Um, you kind of mentioned it earlier in the season, like it, it feels forever ago, but this guy was averaging nearly 10 targets a game. Um, he's seen heavy target share even with Newton the last few weeks as well and just hasn't hit. Um, but we're looking at a guy that could get absolutely fed. Um, yes, the Saints are good. Primary concern with Saints in their secondary is Marshawn Lattimore. Always is, always has been. They've been beaten a lot by secondary receivers. Um, I think more moves around enough where it's not going to be a Marshawn Lattimore shadow issue type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we saw what Jalen Waddell um, did against the Saints last week, being able to move around the formation. I, I think you could see something similar, uh, you know, from uh, DJ Moore this week. Yeah, cer- certainly not the easiest to trust, but there is going to be, you know, maybe, maybe maybe he wouldn't be as highly owned if there was better options at the lower price points. But I want you to tell me, you know, is it Cole Beasley? Is it Brandon Cooks? Is it G- Gabe Davis? If, if, you know, Sanders is indeed out the way that I'm sort of expecting with this projected ownership of closer to 12%, you know, where are the cheap options here? Because I, they're, they're not popping, they're not jumping off the screen at me right now total. Yeah, no, no, nobody pops out. Um, of the guys you mentioned, I'd say probably Gabe Davis. Um, but he's he's kind of shown decent upside with uh, Josh Allen, and we know it's a really good spot uh, for the Bills' passing attack in general. So Davis would be the guy potentially. Um, of lowish owned guys that we have projected that I could see getting up there, um, not super cheap, but uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think people will will game log surf that one and chase it. I am kind of hoping they do because I don't think he's an excellent play with Tim Boyle at quarterback, even though he got there last week with Boyle at quarterback uh, and he's done really well. Uh, I do think people will game log surf that one and he'll, he'll creep up in ownership. Not, not to anything crazy, uh, but he's performed really well lately. Yep. I can vouch for that one. It's been sort of on that play in the preseason uh, you know, segment of drafts and best balls and stuff. He didn't really start to pop until the end. Now he's starting to get me somewhere. And I think that that is going to trend into some ownership here in DFS. You know, people, like you said, game logs, surfing and such. I don't know. I don't think it's going to get that high though. So I, I, I do, I do imagine that if he was cheaper, that would be the case, but six, six K on DraftKings, that's probably too much to see him get too high. Yeah. Everything, everyone else is low owned. So let's get into the tight ends. This is a curious situation here this week title uh, at the tight end position uh, who's the chalk uh who's the most high who's the highest owned tight end this week on DraftKings? say it with dead straight face certainty and tell me tell me that you can do it with a straight face i can't do it with a straight face um foster moreau i mean it might be right because Would steven be anderson pe- people are talking about steven anderson now yeah. that we don't have jared cook uh, you know, there for the Chargers, you know, Steven, he's just 2,500. Of course, you could get some ownership because we're looking for salary savings and he's going to be like, you know, the only actual receiving tight end on the field for a, a, a you know, pretty good passing offense. You know, Travis Kelsey, people would want to play him, but he's 7.3. I'm actually surprised that he's up at 10% right now. I mean, maybe he's not even that high, you know, 
Dallas Goddard burned people, 5.1, still expensive. Cole Komet, no one gives a crap about the Bears, especially not with Andy Dalton starting. Uh, Rob Gronkowski screwed everyone last week at 6.2. Brevin Jordan, nobody knows who the hell he is. Uh, he's 2.8, though, so maybe people will play him a little bit. But, yeah, seriously, like, there's there's no, like, chalk tight end. And that's, that's the first time in a while I've been able to, to say that and have it actually probably be true. I mean, it's going to be, like, a surprise who the highest owned guy is, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I think looking at things now, I think the interesting thing for me will be Mark Andrews versus Travis Kelsey. Cause I, I think that will tell a lot in terms of who is uh, who's hand building those lineups and kind of recency bias versus who's using um, projections because Kelsey's still going to project as a better option. Uh, but Andrews has been absolutely dominant of late, especially with, with the backup quarterbacks. Um, under center he's been doing really well the matchup's not nearly as good and I strongly prefer Kelsey but I, I think that's an interesting kind of case study there to see how much um, recency bias influences things no one's playing George Kittle at 7.1 that's probably a good idea I mean because this is gonna be a game where they're gonna just run they're gonna run so much in this game he's gonna be blocking all day so um, I'm not I'm, I'm officially endorsing the fade on George Kittle which is scary but you know, that's that's where I'm at right now with, with this particular game environment. Um, I got nothing nothing else to say here at, at, at uh, tight end for DraftKings. On FanDuel, I think it's – I mean, you, you you might see a little bit more clear cut on some of these guys like Gronk. Uh, you know, certainly you can get to Mark Andrews and Kelsey and these guys if you have the money. But, you know, you're not, you're not going to need to go down to uh, Steven Anderson probably there. So I, I do think that you know, you'll see some of the better, higher uh, raw projection tight ends be the higher-owned guys on FanDuel. Um, Real quick, I want to mention, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe the podcast feed. If you're listening, if you're on YouTube, smash the subscribe button and really get your Rotor Grinders content alerted to you. When we put it out, we've got stuff coming out all week long, all the sports, get it, absolutely smash and get the subscribe button and get all the information rotorgrinders.com has to offer. Okay, defense. DraftKings, to me, I like the, the Saints and the Bears to be pretty highly owned. Uh, I think there's a couple of other teams that'll mix in here uh, at the, you know, somewhere between the 28 and 35 hundred dollar marks as the most popular plays, but no one I think is running away with this week. Do you have a different take? No, um, do not. I don't, I don't think there's like any standout standout option and the ones that do stand out as excellent plays or project the best are priced pretty high. Um, like the, like the box and the Patriots, which will just decrease ownership because they're, they're priced so high. Uh, so no, I don't think there's like a standout absolute chalk option this week. Yeah, same. So let's go ahead and just declare our favorite defense of the week though. I personally think like, if you can, you're, you're never gonna get to 3,900 to afford the Patriots. But if I had a team that I like, I just like, I just like, I know, I know it's gonna be bad for Jacksonville and then like, it's gonna be difficult to get there. I think the Patriots are a team that I'm, leaning on but there's a lot of good defensive options who's your favorite see that's how i feel about the about the buccaneers too um, yeah but again it's it's just so Four hard three yeah like how can you justify it um they legit have to get you 20 points um to be live basically so i mean that's how i feel about those those are the only two defenses though that i'm like okay these guys are absolutely going to smash for sure uh, but they're they're priced so so high that it's it's tough to justify it I mean, I think, look, I think the Chargers could have a chance here against Denver. I mean, especially if, oh, if yeah. Sutton can't go. I mean, that's going to be bad. I mean, actually, you know, I take that back. They'll probably end up running the ball all the time if they if these guys are all out. So maybe maybe the Chargers aren't like really the best spot. The, you know, the Bears against against the Giants. I mean, that, 
that's scary uh, as far as the guys they're going to be running out there. I mean, they might get shut out. It's going to be cold too, right? Yeah, but then just wait for the, the, the Dalton two interceptions to put them in, you know, at the 10-yard line and have easy points scored because that's, mm-hmm. that's that's the always frustrating team thing when you uh, take a defense with a bad offense. Mm-hmm. All right, so l- let's get into the low-owned section here. Let's talk about some guys that are going to be available uh, lower ownership that we can use in some of the bigger tournaments. Uh, maybe try to get to the top of the leaderboard when it sounds like a million bucks or something like that. Tuttle, I, I think it's your week to win a million bucks. Are you are you are you gonna are you gonna dive in there? You got to get a couple at least a couple of teams in the million maker, right? I'm feeling it for you, bud. Who 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 is so. it going to be? I got though? a team in the best ball finals too. Well, not like the big big best ball finals, just hey. one of the one of the wimpy ones that has 100k to first. 100k, dude, go get it. Who are we rooting for? Give give me a name. <laughs> Actually, Trey Lance. <laughs> Uh, all right let's get it done i was i was i was gonna use a, a curse word there Tuttle. i was really gonna say let's get it going but give me a low but, one play for the for the dfs crowd you we, no one cares about your best ball team let's yeah get, no, let's nobody do, cares you know? about best ball um no. kyler murray can, can we do the arizona thing i know they've been terrible offensively That's lately frightening. i know I, but i mentioned like I, I really do like i think there are two clear spots to stack um, i think it's the kansas city game and then i think it's the dallas game i think out of all the bunches of those we're probably seeing murray in arizona stacks the lowest owned out of, out of the bunch um so yeah sign me up i know he hasn't been good but we, we know what he can do with his legs um the target tree should be fairly shallow still with zach Ertz and christian kirk soaking up the majority of those targets uh, so like it's been ugly lately but i think it makes sense I'm going to play Justin Herbert every week. Like just literally, I'm just going to play him every week and just see how that goes for a while. Okay. Like last couple of weeks hasn't been great. A couple of weeks before that, it was good. Let's just play him again against Denver. Who's got all kinds of uh, COVID situations up and down the team. Uh, it's, but forget that. Like just, he's got you know, Keenan Allen is returning to the field. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mike Williams is returning. Uh, Austin Eckler is going to be back. Nobody cares about Jared Cook. We don't care that we're missing him. Uh, we've, we've got a good situation here just in general for Justin Herbert, and he's the kind of guy that can get above the 30 DraftKings mark. And I think that for the kind of ownership we're going to see on him, I don't think we're asking for like a ton uh, for just a handful of other guys that are in his price range to collapse. So 6.8 for Justin Herbert. Yes, please. Who do you like at running back? It's actually, a, uh, this one is a best ball. Uh, cheer for me the guy i'm cheering right. for for best ball but i i, I think like he he makes a ton of sense dfs wise too joe Mixon. um we have him projected under five percent on the slate like we've seen I, I think i've heard a stat i don't i forget where i heard it from or read it from but he he's been on the highest number of optimal lineups this season uh has plenty of upside he's shown multiple 30 point performances I think I've mentioned before, I think we disagree a tiny bit about this, but I, I do think that the Bengals passing attack is going to be fairly high owned um, in tournaments. So I think he, he provides excellent leverage off of that. Uh, and also if, if you just are trying to fade one of the highest scoring games of the week, I think he makes sense in that uh, in those constructions too, where you're just hoping Cincinnati kind of runs the ball a little bit more often, controls the clock a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I like mixing a lot. 
Yeah, uh, I think pretty much if you just he was a guy you could have just hammered all year long and been right a bunch of times and won people a bunch of money if you just stuck to those guns. Like every week you look at the situation. Well, here's the work for Joe Mixon. We we can't like him this week, and two touchdowns later he's in the winning lineup. So uh, there's a situation again where Mixon's not going to be popular. Look, I can't. I'm not going to jump out of my chair on this one, but I just need to point out the the reality of the situation for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, They don't have Miles Sanders right now. And I think Jordan Howard has got some sort of a, of, of a nagging situation going on. And that's going to leave rookie uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who they haven't trusted to do a whole lot of anything so far, uh, alongside Boston Scott, who's just 4,900 on a slate where we don't have a lot of salary savings. Uh, I'm going to be eyeing up carefully and, and measuring twice before I play Boston Scott. But especially if we get some kind of news on Jordan Howard's lack of availability, I think Boston Scott's an interesting low-owned option here against a football team. Uh, who otherwise stink and you just uh you just unknowingly touted my rb2 i need for for best balls it's boston scott or aj Dillon. i'm feeling good for you maybe this this could (laughs) this could be at least a hundred thousand dollar week if it's not a million dollar week for you there we go who's a who's a wide receiver you like um it's a guy you hate 65 i hate i hate a lot of guys hunter renfro baby i don't hate him he's he's all right i i hate i hate that I was wrong about him, but I don't hate him. I mean, the guy is clearly getting it done. And he's, I mean, again, it's the reality of the situation is the targets are there for him. Yeah. And the, the football guy take is I, I do not claim to be a football guy. There are much more people or people who are much smarter than me that understand the game of football. Um, I'm more of a DFS player who enjoys watching football, but my, my football take, if I had to put my hard hat on here, zone defense, baby from the Colts, Hunter Renfro is a guy that can tear that apart. Um, again, he's like, I mean, a lot of receptions, not necessarily going to be the highest yardage guy per se, but uh, PPR sites, plug him in. Um, I really have a strong feeling about this. I don't know if this will end up being right, but my strong feeling is that Tyreek Hill is going to be lower owned than he should be this week. Yeah. And anytime it's like, it's, it's like, it's like Der- it's the Derrick Henry uh, rule, right? If, if on the site you're playing like DraftKings, it's difficult to afford Tyreek Hill and other options are better than him up in that general zone of pricing and he's going to be lower owned. I think you just play Tyree kill. You close your eyes and do it. And I, I do suspect that the Bengals, if they have a weakness here on this, in this defense, it's that they can give up big, big plays. So I'm looking forward to that, to that really, really deep ball sailing off of Patrick Mahomes fingertips uh, way downfield in arrowhead and getting behind the defense pro- probably on the first drive of the game and then that's that's where Ty- that's where you that's where the pain starts to set in when you didn't play Tyreek Hill I'm not going to be in that club I'm going to have yeah uh any, anyone you like a tight end we talked about the situation multiple times not expecting this team to score a lot of points Denver is they're, they're not looking good but they're going to probably run mm-hmm. a lot of two tight ends that's with their current lineup uh, constraints that they have. Like if no offense, not going to happen ever. It, it's not going to happen, but this, this, like it sets up theoretically as a week where no fan can see double digit targets. Yeah, I didn't know who to go to because, because you could like just as easily say Albert O at three K yeah. uh, just because he's probably going to end up playing more uh, this week than, than we've seen from him in the past. But I think, you know, obviously Fant is the guy with the higher pedigree here and, you know, and plus, it's weird to say, but like, he's like one of the few tight ends in the league who could actually like bust a massive play. Like most, yeah. most tight ends you're not expecting for like a huge play. Fan actually has that in his bag. We've seen him do it before. Uh, it's not very easy to come by on Denver. So 
Um, you know, again, the pricing is not too bad there, so I can I can get behind that one. I, you know, I don't I don't love the tight end position uh, at the, at all, to, to be honest. So I'm not going to just like just throw out a, a name there like haphazard. I mean, I guess Zach Ertz because he keeps getting targets. But I'm you know I'm just going to skip tight end here and I'm going to leave it. I'm I'm jumping on your train. It's either Fant or one of these higher owned guys for me. And that's what's going to happen here for the ownership report, folks. I'm going to leave you in week 17 with, uh, without a great tight end play. Tuttle, any parting shots here as far as uh, this week is concerned? Do you have any uh, type of words of wisdom as far as how you're approaching the slate on DraftKings as far as what you feel a winning strategy could be? Man, putting me on the spot here. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to the running back position, right? We're seeing all these guys that are going to get high high ownership mostly because the opportunity is so well uh, but that's going to give you some uh, paths to, to creating more unique lineups if basically you don't play one of these top four guys at, at running back um, so I, I like getting a little bit different even though I like some of that chalk I, I, I do think get different at, at running back is the, the key to success this week folks that is going to do it for the ownership report in week 17 wish you the best of luck in all your contests, for Dan Gasper, I'm Chris Tremino. We'll be back again next week. Go win something.